What's up, everybody? My name is Athena, and you're here to listen to Vanished in the Valley. So I thought I would start today's podcast off by listing some really strange co-winky dinks. Now, let's go back to the Vegas shooting. Oh, damn. It looks like all the surveillance cameras were down. Let's go back to the Epstein suicide. Oh, wowza. They are down again. Then we have the Jean-Luc Brunel suicide. In prison, mind you. The cameras were down. And now, most recently, we have out of 10,000 cameras in 472 subway stations, all cameras in that subway were operational except those three that could have picked up the actual Frank James shooting. Uh, Is anybody else seeing a really strange coinkydink here? How does that keep happening? Hmm, strange. Something else that I found kind of strange was there were 33 shots fired and 33 people injured. Okay, these motherfuckers seem to like 33. It's like a mystical number in Masons. Like, So I'm seeing more and more talks and uh, whispers in the conspiracy world about numerology. And some of these people actually kind of predicted the whole Bob Saget death, which by the way, the judge has sealed the autopsy report. So we can't even really dig further into that. Hmm. And now Gilbert Godfrey just died. And I wasn't going to post on his death because I wasn't sure that he was vaccinated. But it has been confirmed he was vaccinated. So let me just kind of break that down for you real quick. For anyone who doesn't know, Godfrey was an American comedian born in 1955 in New York City. So Gilbert Godfrey passed away at 2.35 Eastern Time on April 12th this year from recurrent ventricular tachycardia due to myotonic dystrophy type 2. And that's according to Godfrey's publicist, Glenn Schwartz. Well, according to an interview Godfrey had with Joe Rogan, he said he had never been infected with COVID and he had been double vaxxed and boosted. This is a quote directly from him. Yeah, I got two regular shots and I even got the booster. He said, adding that he would knock on wood 5,000 times, hoping that the shots would work. He described the intense media fear campaign in the wake of the pandemic as quote-unquote scary. Godfrey joked to Rogan, as far as me, in fact, I would get three vaccines a week if they said it was, hmm. So people from the start were kind of questioning, you know, when was his booster? When did all this happen? But it kind of seems like Godfrey's prior comorbidity definitely got exasperated by that jab. So a little bit about his disease. Ventricular tachycardia. So let's break it down. Ventricle is one of the two large chambers toward the bottom of the heart that collects and expels blood towards the peripheral beds within the body and lungs. So tachy just kind of means fast. Tachycardia is fast heart rate, and then it kind of breaks it down further to which actual ventricle he's having the issues with. So check this out. I found this kind of interesting. Ventricular tachycardia was observed among a host of cardiovascular adverse events suspected to be caused by COVID-19 vaccine use. And that's according to a study by all India Institute of Medical Science researchers published in the International Journal of General Medicine last July. 
Now, apparently some people on social media highlighted the fact that Godfrey did a cameo video for his girlfriend at the St. Clair County Emergency Management Agency in Illinois last May, and he was promoting a mass vaccination drive. He said, you have to get vaccinated. No kidding. This one's a matter of life or death. There was another kind of famous person's death recently. His name was Cedric McMillian, and he was an avid competitor of the Mr. Olympia for the bodybuilding division. The news of his passing was made official as of April 12th. Now, here's the really fucked up part. This shit keeps getting removed off Instagram and Facebook. It's basically a DM between him and somebody else. Now, check this out. They wrote, you okay? He replied, so I almost died, literally, a couple weeks after I got the vaccine. My heart and lungs failed. So crazy. Literally on life support for three days. The other person responds, oh my goodness, no, poor baby, I'm so glad you didn't. He goes on to say, I was in the hospital. I developed some weird issue with my stomach. I had the hiccups all day, every day, nonstop. It sounds funny, but it was horrible. Dude, I can't even imagine. That would drive me crazy. And this person agrees. Oh, I can't imagine. He further replies, it got so bad I couldn't eat or keep food down. Every time I prep, it gets worse. And now he's dead. Drop dead, suddenly. And apparently in the last year, three other professional bodybuilders have died suddenly of cardiac issues. But yeah, like I said, Instagram is removing that post as they find it. I posted on my Instagram, so it's probably just a matter of time before they give me a violation. And speaking of ridiculous Instagram violations, I posted a pic of Hunter Biden. It's like a selfie where he's like looking in the mirror. He just got those finger lakes tattoo, which is super fucking creepy. I just get really bad vibes. But anyway, they removed it and literally gave my account a violation. It said it went against the community guidelines. It's like, how far will these motherfuckers go to cover up for that scumbag? Apparently very far. They don't want any negative anything about the Bidens. Now, in slightly better news, check this out, guys. Earlier today, the World Health Organization's website crashed because the public started to send in angry feedback comments about their proposed global pandemic authority. So people were sending in the hashtag stop the treaty. Now that, let me just tell you about this insane treaty. I've talked about it before in the podcast, so I'll just briefly break it down. The treaty would supersede the authority of every nation's constitution people and communities would no longer have control of their health. This is literally handing the power over to the World Health Organization. So if your country decided to sign this document, suddenly these megalomaniacs run by Bill Gates have complete control over your health and life. So people are pissed and like I just said, they've been flooding their website with hashtags, stop the treaty. So if you feel so inclined to go there and leave that hashtag and tell them what you think. So now I'm going to tell you about something going on that I haven't heard one mainstream media outlet cover. Check this out. The eight biggest U.S. weapons manufacturers have been summoned to the Pentagon today for a secret meeting, quote unquote, in preparation for a protracted conflict against Russia. Hmm. I mean... Nobody wants to question this. Why do we need the U.S.'s largest weapons manufacturers at the Pentagon? Why are they discussing this? Why are we getting involved in this Russia nonsense? I mean, at this point, Zelensky is demanding $7 billion of financial assistance per 
month. And that's already on top of the hundreds of billions of dollars of taxpayer money already sent to this grifter. It's like, okay, just give all of our money away because there's nothing we could use it for at home, right? I mean, that's just like pissing away billions of our tax dollars when inflation is through the roof and Biden's trying to call it the quote unquote Putin's price hike. But according to an NBC News report, only 6% of Americans are actually believing that bullshit. I guarantee you it's the same motherfuckers that drive around in their car with masks on. Guaranteed, I would bet the farm. And in more ridiculous, unbelievable news, the CDC just decided to extend the federal mask mandate for planes and trains for two more weeks. <laughs> two more weeks. I can't believe they can't pick a different fucking number. I mean, we're already in la la fucking medical theater land when we're talking about masks. Now, I'm sorry if you guys hear some fucking D-bag in the background revving his Harley. Apparently, they still have D-bags in the fucking sticks. This guy, no shit on his piece of shit Harley, will sit there and rev this bike for like 10 minutes, then fucking drive three seconds down the street and come back and rev it in the driveway again. I'm really starting to lose my patience with this. I'm gonna have to see what this motherfucker looks like. I have this like image of my head, total fucking D-bag style wearing Ed Hardy shirts and thinking he's hella badass, fucking probably driving around with flip-flops on, on his Harley, no shit. But if I ever figure out what this guy looks like, I'll make sure I tell you guys. I have a mission now. Now, having said all that, I got no problem with motorcycles. I think they're fun, they're great. Just don't be a total fucking douchebag and rev that shit in your driveway where your neighbors have to hear it. It always seems to be Harley people that do that shit. What is with the Harley owners and having to rev their fucking bikes? I don't know. I don't own a Harley. I never would own a Harley. So I'm not sure what sort of psychopathy is going on there. But if you guys know, let me know. <laughs> so now it's time for the part in the podcast where I give you an old quote, but one that rings extremely true today. There will be, in the next generation or so, a pharmacological method of making people love their servitude and producing dictatorship without tears, so to speak. Producing a kind of painless concentration camp for the entire societies so that people will, in fact, have their liberties taken away from them, but will rather enjoy it because they will be distracted from any desire to rebel by propaganda or brainwashing or brainwashing enhanced by pharmacological methods. And this seems to be the final revolution. And that was from Aldous Huxley. Now, speaking of Aldous Huxley, did you guys know JFK, C.S. Lewis, and Aldous Huxley all died the same day? And I'm not talking about like the same day, but different years, all on the fucking same day, same year. We're all talking about within the 70 minute period. And apparently the media at the time barely even covered the other two deaths. I mean, I get it. JFK was like a huge deal in the United States and across the world. But you would think C.S. Lewis and Aldous Huxley would have been, you know, kind of a big deal too, but it was barely mentioned. So yeah, that was just a random little tidbit I found very interesting. And now to disgusting ass news out of Missouri. So a Republican in Missouri sponsored a bill to outlaw marriages to a child under 14 and 48 Republicans voted against it. So, I mean, I guess it's not child grooming or molestation if it's a child bride, right? What the actual fuck, Missouri? I think I'm like reading crazy shit coming out of this state probably on a daily basis. 
And speaking of child brides, Tennessee, I'm looking at you because the GOP congressman, John Rose, shared a picture with his child bride whom he started dating at the age of 16. Now they have two kids. This fool looks like he's about 65, 70, and this girl, maybe 22. Why aren't these nasty ass men in prison for being child sex predators? This is not okay. Now I'm sure there's a few reasons. Hey, they got money. The laws are fucking crazy when it comes to, I guess, what you consider statutory rape, uh, even like the child sex abuse laws. They vary from state to state. And in the South, they have a very low standard when it comes to age limits for sexual contact consent. And like you just saw, you can get married when you're 14, apparently, or maybe not even any type of age limit in Missouri. I mean, obviously, the answer would be like a national age limit before you can start fucking children. But I highly doubt any of that could get passed. Uh, This country is so divided and we can't agree on pretty much anything, even how old a child can be when they get married. So let's get back to deaths caused from the vaccine. So in the past year, 769 athletes have collapsed while competing. The average age of these people, 23 years old. No shit. That is just insane. So check these numbers out. In 2020, three FIFA players suffered from sudden cardiac death while playing. In 2021, 21 players died of sudden cardiac death. Hmm, what could be causing that? The numbers are just super crazy when you look at it, but of course nobody in the media wants to talk about this. I was kind of shocked. I saw like a little excerpt from an Australian, I think it's like they're covering football or maybe it was that other sport that we don't have here, rugby. Maybe it was rugby, I don't know. I'm not a sports person. Anyway, back to the point. They finally started talking about how many of the athletes worldwide are just dropping like flies due to heart conditions associated with the vaccination. And my question is, have they been fired and or carted off to the re-education camps yet? Maybe you want to check on these guys. And since we're on the subject of deaths caused by negligent medical professionals, did you guys know 10% of all U.S. deaths are now due to medical error? The third highest cause of death in the U.S. is medical error. Medical errors are under-recognized as a cause of death. So I've told you guys before, question the fuck out of your doctors. They are not God, but many have God complexes. They think they're smarter than the average person and they're just better. But the truth is, with, I don't know, maybe 8 out of 10 cases... Mommy and daddy just had money and expectations, and it was either be a lawyer or a doctor. So they ended up in medicine by happenstance. It's no longer where our medical professionals, like doctors, it's no longer where they're actual healers and take care of patients. They're fucking running a business, and they're killing people. So make sure when you go into the hospital for whatever reason, make sure to, you know, do some background on it. Get some information When your doctor then comes up with a plan, write that shit down and go home and double check, read, do what you can do to educate yourself on what's happening with your body. Because these doctors today aren't in it to make a buck. Now, obviously, that's generally speaking, but I'd say for the most part, these doctors don't give a fuck about most of their patients. 
So now I got to talk about the latest fucking American mass shooting. The one that happened in the subway in Brooklyn a couple days ago by a guy named Frank James. Now, immediately people started screaming, this seems a bit fishy. Now, have you guys noticed there's been a huge amount of mass shootings in the U.S. lately? We just had one in Sacramento, California, where I think like six people got killed. Now we have this one in Brooklyn. So I've been watching some of the video and people are calling it out, saying it looks kind of fucking crazy. But I'm not even going to talk about the video and all the weird inconsistencies there. And I mean, when I say video, I'm talking about cell phone video because, of course, the official video just was uh, malfunctioning at the time. But apparently the FBI had investigated this guy before. He left his identification documents at the scene of the crime and went to McDonald's to be caught. No fucking shit. Who leaves their ID at the scene of a crime like this? I mean, I guess it's happened where criminals are that fucking stupid, but this seems like a really big fuck up. And they're trying to like paint this as a BLM member that hates white people, blah, 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 blah. And I think, I'm not sure, the media might try to paint this as a crazy conspiracy theorist went on a shooting rampage. I've seen it listed some places that he's a conspiracy theorist. I've also seen it painted he's a Black Lives Matter white hater. I don't know if we'll ever know. I was able to find his own YouTube channel yesterday. And as of yesterday, it was still active. Now, I just went and checked it. Of course, YouTube has shut it down now. It was called Prophet of Truth 88. And he just like was going on some rants talking about how unfair and stupid the world is. All that, you know, typical shit. Uh, but I posted this information to my Instagram account yesterday. So if you guys saw it and were able to go check it out, I'm sure you can see why they're going to try to say he's a crazy conspiracy theorist. It's going to be like the fucking Pizzagate Comet Ping Pong shooting all over again. The lone shooter that was a nut that only happened to shoot the hard drive of the computer. So I don't know. I smell some fishy stuff going on with this entire case. So I'll wait for some more conspiracy facts to develop before I come out 100% and be like, fuck this shit, it was a setup. But that's the way I'm leaning right now. Now let's move on to the billionaire bitch slap fight on Twitter. So apparently, I'm sure everybody's heard about Elon Musk trying to buy the majority of shares of Twitter. And the Saudi prince, who is the major shareholder, rejected Elon's request to buy the company. So Elon just responded, interesting, just two questions if I may. How much of Twitter does the kingdom own, directly and indirectly? What are the kingdom's views on journalistic freedom of speech? <laughs> Which I think we all know they don't value free speech and will straight up kill your ass in an embassy, cut your body up and tote you out in a briefcase if you go against what they want. And serious question, are women allowed to tweet in Saudi Arabia? I, I don't know the answer to that. I don't even know if they can fucking drive at this point in 2022. Fucking headache. But apparently the SEC is investigating Elon, and I think that's kind of convenient. I mean, he's trying to buy up this spot that's a huge place for people to get out messages. Unless you're speaking out against the narrative. Then your ass will get banned, censored, suspended, all of the above. And supposedly, Elon wants to, I guess, bring free speech back to America via Twitter. 
But I think that's not going to happen. I don't think he's going to get the majority of shares. I don't think he's going to be able to buy the company outright like he keeps trying to do. I don't even know if this is like a real thing because Elon is a young global leader. He's got ties to the World Economic Forum and he wants to hook everyone up to Neuralink. So I don't know. I mean, I can't even say I don't like Elon because I do. And I've always liked Elon because Mars but he's suspicious as fuck, so I don't know. I keep my eye on that motherfucker. So now I'm going to take you guys all the way back to 2008. There was kind of an interesting online interview, and people call it the hidden hand interview. And basically what that means is this person is alleging to be part of the quote-unquote ruling bloodline, and he says he's a priest for these bloodlines. So kind of let me just uh, give you a background here. Now, the interview in its entirety is like 60 pages. And if you want to link to it, hit me up at vanishedinthevalley at gmail.com or hit me up on the Instagram at vanishedathena. Go to the top, click on my other account and shoot me a line because I'm just going to cover some of the like key points on it. Now, some of the information, you know, obviously didn't turn out correct, but the person that is giving the interview gives reasons for why everything might not turn out 100% like he says, but it's just giving some intriguing answers as to why there's so much war and violence in our lovely world and why so many of our leaders are corrupt pieces of shit. So I don't know, there might be some inspiring truths, but seriously go into this skeptical, but keep an open mind. So this guy starts off by saying, I'm a generational member of a ruling bloodline family. Every so often, as per the directives of the law of our creator, a brief window of opportunity opens, whereby a select handful of our families are required to make communication with our subjects and offer you the chance to ask us any questions you would like. He goes on to say, I'm double bound in this duty. It is required of me by the law of the creator to offer this opportunity to you at this time. Though I am also bound by the laws of planetary free will and by family oaths, that there is only so much I'm able to say. He actually like defines rules for this. And here are some of the rules. He says, I will afford you courtesy and respect in the manner I address you. And I expect to the same. He states he's going to decide whether or not he's willing or permitted to even answer the question. He says that if you agree to treat this potential dialogue with an aspect of provisional faith in practice, this means that rather than impeding the flow of information with crass comments or disbelief or petty name calling, my participation here requires of you that you discourse with me under quote-unquote suspended judgment. In other words, wait until the process is complete before deciding for yourself as to the content of truth and knowledge imparted hereon. The first question thrown out there was, how many generations back does your bloodline extend? Or perhaps more accurately, who does your family consider its earliest ancestor in a position of power? The hand replies, our lineage can be traced back beyond antiquity from the earliest times of your recorded history and beyond. Our family has been directing the play from behind the scenes in one way or another before the rise and fall of Atlantis. We are born to lead. The next question is, to what extent has selective breeding been used to preserve the purity of the line and what becomes of children of unapproved unions? So he responds, 
The breeding is generally case-specific, dependent on the role of the family members in question and are due to grow into. He says there are no unapproved unions. Our family will always intermarry between lines, or what we would term houses. Marriages are arranged. In all my years alive, I have never seen or heard of a family member breaking this code, as far as marriage goes. You do as you're told. One cannot, quote-unquote, join the family. One is born or incarnated into it. On the rare instances of a child being born that could be seen as bringing difficulties, you are correct in your premise. That would be raised as part of the family, though would not grow up in the house or community of either of its parents. The next question is, if one were to imagine a scale, perhaps as a triangle with political, religious, and corporate power at the three points, how would you categorize the power your family yields? Balanced, leaning more towards one and two thirds, heavily favoring one of the three above, and has that position shifted over time? He explains, you need to first understand the structure of the family. In the general grand scheme of things, the line is not important as the house. The house is not as important as the family. The family is all, no matter the house or line. We are one family. Imagine, if you will, a body, a house that would represent a vital organ or a body part within the body itself. Each part has an important role to play in the functioning of the whole. And to each of us, the whole has our undivided loyalty. As I say, many lines, far more than you're aware of. One family. Our realms of influence do not fit as comfortably into these three boxes of your triangle as you would imagine. He explains there are six disciplines of training within the family, and each member of the family is schooled extensively in all forms of them from an early childhood. We all have an array of specialty, though we have experience in all spheres. The six spheres or schools of learning are military, government, spiritual, scholarship, leadership, and sciences. In practice, out there on the stage of public life, we hold key positions in all of these main areas of importance with the addition of a complicit media machine and ownership of your financial establishments. All bases are covered. The next question is, how many parallel bloodlines do you estimate are in similar positions to your own? And to what extent does your family see them as either competition or collaborators? He responds, there are 13 base or core original bloodlines. Yet, there are many, many other lines that spring from these, as do rivers from oceans. If you imagine the 13 original lines as primary color, that can be mixed to create a vast array of other colors. Then you can have some comprehension again. No competition, just family. Someone then asks, are we really considered chattel and traded as such by the government? He responds, by the governments, generally yes. People are seen as collateral, pawns that are maneuvered around the chessboard according to the game plan. By the family, contrary to popular beliefs, many of us do not mean you any harm directly. There's just a matter of divine destiny to uphold and unfold, and we must play our parts in the game, as given to us by the Creator. In many ways, it is actually in our own interest that you are prepared for the coming harvest, just not maybe prepared in quite the way that you would like. Still, even then, you're choosing the negative polarity with your own free will decisions with a little quote-unquote help and direction from us. Souls are harvestable in either extreme of the polarities, one could say. Someone asks, how do we become free men? He responds, you'll never be free for as long as you are incarnating on this planet. The very nature of your being here is indication of that. 
There is a reason why you are here, and here is very likely not really where you think here is. How do you become free? By working out where you are and coming to an understanding of why you are here. You are fast running out of time to do so before the coming harvest. Those that don't make it will have to repeat the cycle. Someone asks, is the Messiah alive today? He responds, there is no Messiah. Stop looking outside of yourself for salvation. There is what you might call a quote-unquote Christ consciousness alive, then yes, in a manner of speaking, though not in your third density dimensional awareness. Somebody asks, is there an end of times as described in the book of Revelations? Yes, not just as described in the book of Revelations, but also in the prophecies of virtually every religion, spiritual philosophy, and mystery tradition throughout history. This time is now at hand. Next question is, who is your creator and is your creator the same as our creator? He responds, this is an excellent question. Yes and no. You would first need to understand the creation. In the beginning, there is the infinite one. This is the source of all, intelligent infinity. It is the undifferentiated absolute. Within it is unlimited potential waiting to become. Think of it as an uncarved block of your Taoist traditions. Infinite intelligence, becoming aware of itself, seeks to experience itself, and the one infinite creator is born or manifest. This appears to your third density comprehension as quote-unquote space. In effect, the creator is a point of focused infinite consciousness or awareness into infinite intelligent energy. The one infinite creator, also becoming self-aware, seeks to experience itself as a creator, and in doing so, begins the next step down in the creational spiral. The one infinite creator, in focusing its infinite intelligence, becomes intelligent energy, which you could call the great central sun, and divides itself into smaller portions of itself that can then, in turn, experience themselves as creators, or central suns. In other words, each central sun or creator is a step down in conscious awareness or distortion from the original thought of creation. So, in the beginning was not the word, but the thought. The word is the expressed and made manifest of the creator. There is unity. Unity is all there is. Infinite intelligence and infinite energy. The two are one, and within them is the potential for all creation. This state of consciousness could be termed as being. Infinite intelligence does not recognize its potential. It is the undifferentiated absolute, but infinite energy recognizes the potential of becoming all things in order to bring any desired experience into being. Intelligent infinity can be likened to the central heartbeat of life, and infinite energy as a spiritual life, blood, or potential which pumps out for the creator to form creation. I know that was a lot, but listen to it again, because if you fucking listen to it and break down what he's saying, it kind of makes sense. The next question is, you say that you come from the original 13 bloodlines, yet the DNA mapping project clearly proved that all humanity descended from only three. Does this mean you aren't human? He says, yes, that's correct in a manner of speaking. If you were to meet me walking on the street, I would appear just as human as you. We've been incarnating here with you for generations, yet our bloodlines do not originate from this planet. Person kind of points out, a lot of what you write seems reminiscent of the raw material, like RA, especially the concepts of harvest, STS, and STO choices, and intelligent infinity. Have you read that? 
He responds, it is indeed extremely similar. We both originate from the source of the infinite creator, and we both remember where we came from. I would expect our messages to contain the same core truths. The next question is, what function, if any, do alien abductions have? Why are the abductees chosen? He says that depends on who is doing the abducting. Most of what you hear termed as abductions are conducted by your own governments, especially the ones where the so-called greys are involved. Other than that, sometimes the Confederation will meet with certain incarnates here who have a part to play in the quote-unquote awakening others to coming to harvest. These will always be positive experiences, and those who have them will feel uplifted and inspired by their contact. So you guys, this interview, like I said, is 60 pages long. And I just read some of the stuff I thought was interesting, but there is a lot of information in here. Yes, it's kind of spiritual and fucking mumbo jumbo-ish, but if you're into it, they say a lot of information that checks out with ancient religions and even current religions. So if you're into this type of thing, hit me up and I will hook you up with the whole interview. It's way, it's like I said, 60 pages, so it's way too long for me to even read here. But like I said, this person says he is one of these original 13 bloodlines. And I did do a podcast covering the 300 families that supposedly rule the world. Now, I'm kind of thinking these 13 original bloodlines would be then in charge of these 300 families if this isn't all bullshit. Because like I said, who fucking knows at this point in the game? So like I said, if you want this interview or any of the other information I've spoken about today, hit me up at vanishedinthevalley at gmail.com or go to the Instagram at vanishedathena and go to the top and click the link for my other account. Now, I just need to let you guys know, in the meantime, be aware and don't forget your pepper spray. Ciao, ciao.